Thank you for downloading this week's episode of Throwback Country Music. I am your host, Britt Jones. Do me a huge favor. Please hit the subscribe button right where you are on your podcast page, whatever platform you're using, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher. Please hit the subscribe button. It's absolutely free, and you'll be notified every time a new show comes out. Thank you all for who, if you've already subscribed, thank you, thank you, thank you. It means so much to me. Now, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Brit Jones Music. That's B-R-I-T, Jones Music. You can also find me on Twitter at Brit Jones Music, Instagram, Brit Jones Music. Connect with me on social media. It's constantly updated. And you can also vote on our weekly polls on Facebook. Now, today's guest is one of my very best friends, Chris Fowler. He goes by the stage name Grizzly Fowler. He is an amazing talent. He has such good songs. And you can check him out on, at Facebook as well and type in Grizzly Fowler. And you can find out where he's going to be playing and listen to some of his new recordings. He has a brand new record coming out this year. But you'll really enjoy this episode. So without further ado, check out my buddy, Grizzly Fowler. Well, everybody, I am here with Grizzly Fowler. Uh, he is an incredible songwriter and singer, musician from Northwest Georgia. And I am so excited about having him on the show today. So, Mr. Grizzly, how are you doing? I am fantastic today, Britt. I'm so glad you are here. Me and, uh, let's just go ahead and knock this out. Me and Grizzly have known each other since, I think, 2000 or 2001, yes. something like that. We went to college together, uh, and when, when I say we went to college together, we <laughs> we uh, hung out in the student atrium together a lot, <laughs> and that means we skipped classes some, but that's some? beside the point. <laughs> yeah, some, but we, uh, gosh, we used to sit there. For hours upon hours, did yeah. we not? That was just yeah. <laughs> we would just just hang out there and not do much of anything else. But we had a lot of friends though, so mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> we did have a lot of friends back in the day, as opposed to now. No, I'm yeah. Just <laughs> oh geez, uh, have you talked to anybody lately? <laughs> From college days? I have not, actually. Um, and one thing you'll probably notice through this interview is we kind of can't help but laugh when we look at each other. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, let's go ahead and uh, dive into your musical journey. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Are, I know y'all are going to be entertained by listening to this. Um what <laughs> What got you? <laughs> oh my gosh. This is crazy. Y'all, I mean, we literally we have been best friends for 18 years, I guess. Yeah. And <laughs> so this is normal for us just to <laughs> laugh our tails off. But um so Chris is from or Grizzly. <laughs> Okay, so he, he lets you know my real name. My real name's Chris, and yeah. as you can probably imagine, there are uh, hundreds of Chris's in music, and so to stick out, I went by Grizzly, and it's not um, it's not unwarranted if you saw what I look like. I've got a really long beard and kind of look like a Grizzly man, so <laughs> it kind of fits. I love the name. It stands out. There's no one else like it. It's very unique. So, is I mean, is there something that drew you to Grizzly? Um, I, it kind of, honestly, it's kind of random. It was a nickname that I got when I was, I uh, ran like a 4K one time, and we were, our team name was like the Sweaty Lumberjacks. We, oh. had to, we each had to have a nickname, and I was like, oh, Grizzly, why not? And it just kind of stuck. So. Now, a lot of these questions I'm asking him, I already know the answer to, but I got to act like it's all new, right? <laughs> that's right. That's so, uh, yes, you've told me that story before, but that's okay because everybody in America hasn't heard that. Um, so, what got you into music? 
what started it? How old were you? Was it? It was before college, I think. So yeah. Well, uh, go ahead. I um, well, I sang in my church kids choir growing up. You know, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I guess that was my earliest um, uh, th- uh, thing with music. But I can remember in uh, I think it was either ninth or tenth grade. Uh, my dad had an old guitar beside his his dresser, and my dad doesn't know how to play guitar, and he never learned. <laughs> he just had a guitar, and I thought. One day, that would be cool to learn to do that, and um, picked it up, put steel strings on it, and uh, started learning how to play, and little did I know, it was actually a classical guitar that I had steel strings on, so. <laughs> so you learned but, how to play on a classical guitar. I did, and I didn't even know the difference between any of that, and uh, but but it was kind of cool, and then I just, I kept going, and just never stopped learning this so, uh, yeah. <laughs> so did you play how old were you again when you yeah. started learning about you think? 14 15 all right like so in high school did you do anything else with church youth groups and stuff like that or was that after? i did i i um you know i i led the music for our, our local youth group and uh and of course i also thought that i could get girls by playing guitar of course but um that doesn't always work so uh make sure you like playing it <laughs> <laughs> Now, it has worked for you. Carrie is a, a musician. His wife, she's beautiful. She's definitely way above my station. She is <laughs> gorgeous inside and out, but yes. she, I know she loves music. She's helped you a little bit, hasn't she? Yeah, she, she uh, she's, she's learned to play the djembe, and believe it or not, she grew up playing the violin, so she kind of messes around with me a little bit and doing that. That and, I did not know. And she's, she's learning the mandolin. She's just... She's hey, if you get a mandolin player beside you... That's right. Man, that's that's tough to beat. Uh, we're going to eventually get into uh, Grizzly's music and, and the type of music he's doing now, uh, but we're going to go through this journey. And one reason I want to take you through the journey is uh, Grizzly is an independent artist with no label. And so for those of you listening out there, uh, an independent artist means that uh, you are doing it all on your own. Uh, you book your own gigs, you, you uh, write your own songs, and... And you have to come up with the money to record the songs, and, and you do all that by yourself. Uh, now, there's so many advantages to independent artists in that they have complete control and of their music and, and all that good stuff. And uh, you don't have to pay any ma- uh, management and all that stuff, percentages and all that cool things that go along with having a label. But uh, I, I love talking to independent artists who are uh, pursuing a career in music and and just to get their take and their journey. So if you're listening out there and you're an independent artist, uh, take some pointers from uh, what we're about to talk about. Um, so when you got into college at Dalton State, what was the music journey there? Well, as you know, uh, we started playing together in a little, little, I wouldn't call it a band. It was a group because <laughs> um, it was just the two of us. <laughs> and uh, we... Uh, you know, we played around. What would we call ourselves? I think it was like closer, closer to heaven. Closer to heaven. Yeah, <laughs> we were very kind of C two H. We were kind of pretentious back then, and, and and we were. We were. It was Christian music for us, contemporary Christian CCM. Now we did have a couple other guys that played bass. Yes, we did and, uh, drums. Right. Yeah. 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 And our biggest gig was a uh, we got we got booked for a week long. I don't know. It might have been a weekend. I don't remember, but it was a. It was a conference or something, and the whole band. And oh, yeah. I was sick the entire time. Yes. And I I barely got out of bed to play the the um, shows, but it was we did I we did got, it we did it and we got booked in Florida at Homa Homasasa or Homasasa Springs mm-hmm. <coughs> at a youth retreat, and that was I, I it was so much fun. But yes, you were <laughs> sick, and I mean you would play and then you'd go back to bed. You'd have to go back to your room. But uh, hey, sometimes you have to. Suck it up and just do it, don't you? Especially yeah. when you're getting paid. Yeah, and and when we, when we kind of get paid, <laughs> I, I'm not really sure. I think the trip was the payment. Yeah, because yeah. we were supposed to get to swim with manatees or something oh, yeah. like that. Uh-huh. But um, but uh, the cool thing was then we kind of streamlined what we were doing and started doing more worship music and uh-huh. even started writing worship music and we changed our name to Outpour and uh, we added a guy named Matt. So yep. we had like a three piece group for a while and that. For for what it was, that was locally a pretty good success. It I mean. was. We when we formed the trio Outpour, me, Fowler, and Matt Chambers. I mean, it was like, and we were part of a church in Chickamauga, Georgia, called Oakwood, 
and they got behind us. They we got to open up for Ten Shekel Shirt. Yeah, and yeah. that was probably a couple thousand people right there. Yeah, um, where'd you say our biggest gig was? Um, well, I guess it was that one. I for, kind of forgot about the Ten Shekel <laughs> yeah. Shirt one, but that was probably the most people we had. That um, oh yeah, but I, I I think one of the most special. Well, some of the most special. Oh yeah, were at um. A uh, ch- little church, mm-hmm. little country church out in the middle of nowhere, down in Wood Station, Georgia. And yep. if you don't know where that is, then you're not alone. But um, uh, we just—I don't know. It was uh, uh, Wood Station United Methodist Church, and we got booked there a lot. We got booked there a lot. Uh, people were always responsive, and and it was good. And I remember one of one of the special things. I remember one of our last concerts, and people were singing one of our songs. And oh, it was just like yeah, it just blew me away. That, oh yeah, that, that you know. <clears throat> so. Here I am. Yes. Was that the one? That was it. <clears throat> yeah, it, it's, it, which brings me to another point. So it, it's always cool when you are a, if you're, especially if you're a singer and songwriter, when people sing the lyrics that you put <laughs> together. And so me and Fowler wrote this song called uh, Here I Am. And um, did Matt write, contribute to that? I don't think so. I think because I think we wrote it on the steps of United Methodist Church. Oh, okay. Church, yeah, yeah, station. yeah. Um, so we wrote that and it was so cool to hear people singing it. You're right. Yeah. Um, now when we say we got booked there a lot, we did, they used to have some festivals. They did rally in the Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we would do special concerts there like on a Sunday or a Saturday night. And I'm telling you that place, would, we would pack that place out, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the success of Outpour, just three young college guys that, uh, loved music and wanted to play out. We started getting invited uh, to sing at different churches, different events. Uh, but yeah, for this, for it to be in our area of Chattanooga and Dalton, uh, Georgia, it was pretty cool, man. It was pretty successful. We recorded this little, we put together a little, <laughs> oh, a little acoustic album. And <laughs> I mean, the songs on there were great. But let me tell you. <laughs> Do-it-yourself musician back then was a little different than today. I mean, so. Every song had like this massive an, uh, amount of reverb, and and we would talk before the songs, and our everything we talked about was like reverb. And I'm telling you, it's like if you've ever tried to listen to music in a train tunnel. That's kind of what it sounded like. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but. But the cool thing about that is that all the students, you know, that went to like Gordon Lee and Ringo, they were getting, they had this CD and they loved it. So on Wednesday nights when we lead worship or whatever, and we would play some of those songs. And But yeah, the students loved it. I, I, I remember uh, students wanting wanting a copy, saying, hey, can we have that copy? And they knew us as Outpour. So, we, I mean, it was cool. You here's know, here's for, a fun fact about that album. Yeah. Um, my wife is six years younger than me, so you know significant age age difference there. And when we started dating, I went to her house, and I and uh, we had talked about you know music I'd done and outpour. And she goes to her drawer and she pulls pulls out that outpour CD, and she had it from like I don't know six or seven years before <laughs> awesome. when we had made it, and so. That was just kind of a cool. That is fact. cool. Wow. <laughs> uh, so she she dated you for your fame. Yeah, because it wasn't looks or money. Because I don't have any of those. So, <laughs> uh, speaking of songs, you know, Oakwood Baptist is one of the largest churches in our area, uh, especially at that time. I mean, it was the place to go. People, I mean, people went there. It was a big crowd on Sunday mornings. But they adopted one of our songs called Passion and Peace, yeah. and man, they played it probably for 10 years uh yeah. their choir would sing it their special music and but it, it was cool because we had a song called passion and peace oh that was the name of that one it was that yeah, was it that, that was, was it and passion and peace um do you a remember the little remember logo that? that i made in like microsoft word or something so oh yeah pixelated i was so <laughs> happy with it and then the back of the cd had you drew our little stick figures yeah and i mean it was really cool you still have a copy I, I do somewhere. I'm yeah, not I, I still have yeah. a copy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> do you remember how to play Passion and Peace? Let's see. I need you, Lord. I need you now. Come to you this perfect hour. I lift my hands. I stand amazed. I think that's it, isn't it? <laughs> Keep going, because I don't remember all the words. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm, I'm on my knees. My heart cries out. Lord, come turn me inside out. Here I am to sing your praise. 
Change my heart, oh God Make me what you want me to be I don't remember, I don't man. remember that part either. Uh, by the way, I haven't tried to play that in years. Uh, yeah, it's been years for me, too. Uh, that was a good one. Um, do the chorus of... Do you remember the chorus of Here I Am? Yeah. Do you remember it? No. Okay. <laughs> by the way, Britt actually sang the lead on this. <laughs> I will lift my hands. I will sing yeah. to you. Yeah, go ahead. I will sing to you. I will lift my hands. I will worship you, oh God, here I am. I will sing to you. I will lift up my head. I will worship you, oh God, here I am. That's now that's guys, for real. We literally sat down. We're we're up here in a cabin in Northwest Georgia Mountains. Um I rented this cabin today. It's a little rustic cabin. It's awesome. And literally we sat down. He just got here. Uh maybe 10 minutes we hung out and talked and now we're literally just recording so none of this is planned so that's what that's why we're doing what we're doing um i remember the song we wrote up on uh top of uh what mountain was that um we sang we is glory glory was it uh was it cowan falls in that where it was? Like that. Is that yeah we i mean <laughs> you were hiking with your guitar we went up on top of this waterfall and uh wrote Glory, glory, but I don't even remember that. Yeah. I just remember. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory, oh, glory, glory. Glory, glory, oh, glory, glory. Glory, glory, oh, glory, glory. Up on the mountain where the skies are blue. Comes our name. Getting closer to heaven. Getting closer to you. Okay. <laughs> that's great. Y'all, Man. we haven't played that in yes. 15 years. Years. Um, that's awesome. So that journey ended for you. You felt uh, like, you know, you, you was getting called to in a different direction. So after you left Outpour, tell us a little bit about your journey. Okay. And I still, at that point, I really felt like, you know, worship music was where I needed to to head into and so I kind of tried to do that that pretty full force and and I you know I, I went around I did some some camps and some some events and stuff like that with that and then in 2003 or 2004 I can't remember um I moved up to uh Maryville area mm-hmm. and uh and I uh, hooked up with some church people up there and wanted me to come do their music at the church and so I moved. I just, I just, I've been moved. It was definitely '04 because my "Deeper Than the Oceans" album that you helped produce uh, was recorded there with you. Yeah, you know, yeah. And that was '04, mm-hmm. like March of '04 is when that came out. So it may have been later on in the year. Yeah. And by the way, we were roommates at that point before oh, yeah. I yeah. moved. We were roommates, and uh, but yeah, I moved up there, and and I did that for about five years. I just kind of, you know, just really, I. I wrote songs that were worship songs for the church and kind of did that and uh, and honestly my time there didn't end especially well um, mm-hmm. just without going into too much detail I just some hurtful things happened and and just uh, just really really brought me low and brought me into like probably the worst depression that, that I've ever had mm-hmm. and uh, and I've always struggled with depression kind of in and out mm-hmm. of it throughout the time I mean and if uh, most musicians do, by the way. That's a fun fact, and it's and true. believe it or not, it kind of helps us write better songs. But <laughs> but uh, sometimes you can get too deep. But anyways, I I went pretty pretty deep depression. I never I never wanted to like take my own life, but I did get to the point where I wished I didn't exist, mm-hmm. and that's that's just a scary mm-hmm. place to be, and just just not a good place. And 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 over time, as as I slowly, you know, I. I did a few other little churches here and there mm-hmm. and like helped them out, but I never really felt at the same same level of of satisfaction maybe. Yeah. Um and, and it that may be a selfish thing, you know, that's that's the crazy thing. But um anyways, and I had a few other churches kind of kinda of do the same thing, kinda of like left me out mm-hmm. to dry and and uh just kinda of put a really bad taste in my mouth and, and uh, uh but 
I, you know, just continued on and and uh about maybe about two, three years ago, I was I was at a specific church and one of the girls that sang on my praise team mm-hmm. uh just said, you know, hey, I, I feel like that we could write songs together, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I kinda I thought, yeah, that'd be cool but but as a musician, you think everything could be cool, and you do yeah. you don't, don't even do half of it. Right. But, um, <laughs> but um, so, and then maybe about six months to a year later, we actually sat down and started trying to write songs. And, and at first I was thinking, okay, we're going to write music for the church, because that's what I've done my whole life, you know, mm-hmm. was, was write songs for the church. And we just started writing these songs that were, you know, aren't bad or anything, but they just were what, what, the, what would be considered secular, you know, right. just about... Songs about life and mm-hmm. about love, and and um, we we did for about two years there. We met almost every week and just wrote, mm-hmm. and just sometimes we had good ideas and sometimes we didn't. But we just wrote, and and over the course of that, I just realized how much that I actually love songwriting, and 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 um, how much that I felt limited, like in just the worship and mm-hmm. Christian thing. And and please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying those are bad or anything like that. I just, I kind of feel like I'm coming into where I'm supposed to be. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm almost. It's taken me a really long time to to learn who I am and, yeah. and learn what I want to be and mm-hmm. need to be. And uh, even the style of your music and songwriting has changed. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And it, it's kind of, I mean, each song is a little different. But I guess if you had to, it's kind of like you know some elements of country, some elements mm-hmm. of folk, some mm-hmm. elements of blues even yeah. I mean it just kind of depended on the song it just um, and and that that was one of the things I felt I feel free now to just and, and that's another thing you know uh, Britt mentioned being independent before me being independent I can write whatever kind of songs I want to write mm-hmm. and um, and that's that's and make no apologies about it no apologies you know? and that's a song I do right there <laughs> but um, called No Apologies No Apologies yeah <laughs> are you being serious I don't know is oh it? I thought she- <laughs> Um, so you're going to be recording in 2019 I believe yes I've actually already started the process so so that's good Um, we've got I've got two songs a little I guess a little back on the music for for almost a year Mm -hmm. of 2018 not the whole year but for a lot of the year I had hooked up with some guys and they were like, let's be a band, you know, let's do the full band, drums, guitars, basses, and all that, and and I thought, that's cool, yeah, let's do it, and um, um, so I spent a, almost a year with them trying to get that going, and and out of nowhere, those guys just kind of quit, because yeah. um, they, I mean... Different passion than you? Maybe, maybe different passion, but, but maybe... Um, they didn't really want to work for it, and mm-hmm. and for, this is for any in, uh, aspiring musicians like myself out there. It's a work. Like I mean, you have to work at it. You have to. Yes, you do. Um, you have to keep at the grind. And and here here's what I would say: if you if working at it's not your cup of tea, then you need to find something else you like. Because mm-hmm. even if you make it, even if you, all your dreams come true and you make it, that doesn't mean you don't have to work anymore. That just means oh, you have yeah. to work twice as hard. Uh-huh. So. So just so I guess what I'm saying is find the thing you love to do and the thing you love to work at and do that. Yeah, so, yeah. that's good. Um, well, let's go ahead and hear one of your new songs. It's called Molasses and Honey. <coughs> and then we're going to talk about your journey into from leading worship into this style of music because I have a story about three years ago when we were at the lake talking about it. All right. yeah. So go so ahead and play Molasses and Honey. All right. And a little background on this song, it's just it's just about it's kind of about I picture an older couple that just or maybe even a younger couple that just kinda of live out in the country and they just take life at their own pace and they don't really uh, care what anybody else thinks. They just kinda of live life the way they live it. So mm-hmm. it's called Molasses and Honey.
recording with the band and we recorded this song and uh and i am as Britt said i'm working on an ep as well but the styles kind of don't exactly they're, they're okay it's just a little different sound so what i'm going to do is probably january if not february um i'm going to release molasses and honey as a single so um on you know on all your spotify and mm-hmm. apple music and all of the all the platforms yep. so so uh that's exciting uh so before you took that leap of faith to try something new, uh, of course you were leading worship and stuff and get, get, going in and out of that, but we were at the lake, at your uh, lake house, maybe three years ago, maybe two years ago. Yeah. Two? Two maybe, I think. <clears throat> and uh, I remember encouraging you to just start booking yourself with some of these uh restaurants and bars that will that have musicians you know come and go play your music mm-hmm. i remember t- talking about that and it may be i don't know like just a few months after that maybe that fall 
there you go. You start. You got your first gig, and you yeah. started doing it. And now people are booking you. I mean, yeah. you, you stay pretty busy. Yeah. doing it. Yeah, so that's 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 pretty awesome. And I'll tell you, it was it was a definite change too because I was coming off of doing four to five songs, you know, for one sitting to mm-hmm. doing three hours of music. Yeah. And and uh, believe it or not, that. That's tough. That's yes. tough to do. It's pl- tough to play that many songs. It's tough to know that many songs. Yeah. And uh, and uh, so, but but I've since you know learned how to how to do it and, mm-hmm. and play with the crowd. You know, yep. you, you learn the whole thing's a learning experience. It is. And, I mean, it is. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a learning experience. Just to you got. I mean, playing at a going back to independent artists <coughs> when you play. At a place. Now, let me rewind. Okay, so because I've dealt with this too, playing other places. When you feel like no one in the audience is listening, and you're like up there giving it your 110 <laughs> percent, how how do you overcome that, or do you just play right through, or what? Um, it took me a while to get here because when that when you first hap- when that first happens, you don't expect it. Unless somebody just blatantly tells you they're probably not going to listen, you just you just don't expect it, and um, and you get to you start thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, nobody cares, nobody, whatever. And the more I the more I've played and the more I've learned is that each place is different. Yes. And while people may not be facing you, mm-hmm. looking at you, they're hearing you. Yes. And they may be enjoying you really well because. Um, so there, there's a couple places I play where people don't really seem to get that much into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not, they're not throwing beer bottles or anything, right. but they're, you know, they're just kind of doing their own thing and, and I think nobody's listening, but almost nine times out of 10, after I'm done, I'll have 10, 15 people say how much they enjoyed exactly. it and how much they like it. And, yeah. and about three or four people offer, offer to buy me a beer or something, yeah. you know? And, um, and so... So learning all of that, I've learned to just I give it my all mm-hmm. every time. Because someone is listening. Yeah, because someone is listening. listening, and so so um, you just have to you have to we as musicians and especially songwriters who have created you know we've created these things and they feel like our babies, mm-hmm. and so when we feel like we're not the center of attention, it's easy to like get discouraged. But um, but that's I mean that's the way, and and the cool thing is. Is that there are venues where people pay attention, and there oh, are yeah. venues where people oh, get into yeah. it, and no um, you do you do a mix of them all. You just play wherever you can, and because I mean, you come from a world where everybody is looking at you. Yes. Uh, I'm talking about leading worship and, mm-hmm. and church. I mean, they're they're looking at you. They're I mean, they're engaged, mm-hmm. and then you go to a world of playing uh, country or Americana or whatever you are at different play- venues like restaurants and bars and. Mm-hmm. Where you there, it's not the same type of engagement. So it, it took me a while to learn that too, and to you know get used to that. Yeah, and one thing I learned too was <laughs> to turn my volume down just a tad because people people most of the time at bars are just wanting to hang out with their friends, right? And chill. And and really, if if I'm too, if it's a band, I mean, you mm-hmm. know what you're getting yourself into. But if it's just me playing my guitar over in the corner or mm-hmm. something, then it needs to be me playing my guitar over in the corner, and. Uh, and you just you just learn. Like I said, the whole thing yeah, is a learning, a learning curve, learning experience. And now where you're at now, from when you started, you I mean, think about how much you've grown as a musician yeah, and learning. I mean, you're because you're, you book yourself, you you know how to work, you know how to talk to the owner that's yep. booking you. You learn how to talk to them. You learn how to email them. And there's and guys, that's an art. You I mean it is if you're an independent artist. It's it it takes. It takes uh, a skill to be able to talk to a promoter or a person who is booking you. And most of the time, you've got a pester them because they've got yeah. musicians yeah. emailing them all day long. Exactly. So not, they're not going to get back to you most of the time. I mean, you got to mm-hmm. you got to talk to them. So the best way I, I found is to either call on the phone mm-hmm. or talk to them in person. Yeah. Because, yeah. because uh, maybe a follow up email or something oh, like yeah. that. But but yeah, because. When they can see your face, it, mm-hmm. it, they make a connection easier. Sure. So, but what's your favorite place in Chattanooga to play? Oh gosh, that's that's a tough one. Um, or one of your favorites? One of my favorites. I will say it's. I guess technically it's not Chattanooga. It's in Cleveland, but mm-hmm. there's a 
There's a place called Pokies in Cleveland. And Cleveland, in, Tennessee. Cleveland, Tennessee, which is probably about 20 minutes from Chattanooga. And, um, um, man, they just, there were, there were so many people in there, and they were all listening and really? just really into it. And so that was, that's one of my favorites. What's your favorite original song to play? <sighs> man, that's tough, because I love all of my original. No, no, no right. <laughs> um, Honestly, it's it's kind of a it's not I wouldn't say cheesy necessarily, but there's a song I have called "The Sun Still Shines," and it's one of the few kind of positive songs I have because yeah. a lot of them are you know like I said before mm-hmm. come out of depression and stuff like that. And uh, but this is a this is more of a positive spin, so it's kind of you going to record that? Yeah, it's it's on it's going to be on the EP. Oh, good. Too, so it's um, what's your favorite cover song to play, or what's a couple of, name yeah. a few favorites that the crowd really. Well, I, I I play from a lot of different genres, mm-hmm. um, so I do a little bit of country. I do I really like to play Ed Sheeran for some reason, yeah. um, like the song "Perfect" and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, that one <laughs> that one song. Um, but but yeah, so and the the crowd usually likes those. Yeah, yeah. What's, and the country? I actually have a little country medley I do. Oh, and. Um, I started off with Wagon Wheel and I did the mm-hmm. whole song, which um, for some reason I haven't figured out yet. A lot of musicians that, that are my colleagues, I talk to them and they all hate doing Wagon Wheel. Why? And I'm not really sure. I guess maybe just because it's starting to get, you know, where they, yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. one of those people want to hear it all the time right. and they're tired of playing it. Yeah. But I've always loved that song, mm-hmm. and, you know. Um, and uh, anyways, start off with that and you go into some newer and older country songs and and people just get into All it. All right, tell us something. Tell us the medley that you usually go through. Okay. Well, I go, um, and uh, here's another a bonus fact on it. I, um, I get my loop pedal going, and I play my guitar, and then I play my mandolin over the top of it. Oh. And then I do a little bit of leads with my mandolin, okay. too. So it kind of adds a little little layer. But anyways, um, I do Wagon Wheel, mm-hmm. and then I go into uh, Take Me Home, Country Roads. Oh, yeah. And then... Um, little John Denver. And I bring it down to no, I'm sorry. I take it up to um, um, "In a Hurry" by Alabama. Alabama, you know, all right. good old song. And then I bring it down to "It's Your Love," Tim McGraw, Faithfield. And the the cool thing is, right after you know, I get the people that roll their eyes when I play that because there's there's a lot of single people at these bars. Sure. And so sure. <laughs> then I, I throw one out for them. I do. Um, uh, uh, You'll Think of Me by Keith Urban. Oh, that's one of my favorite Keith Urban and, songs. And, uh, and then after that, I kick it back up with uh, Chicken Fried. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I finish it off with a course of Wagon Wheel again. And oh, that's just, cool. That's, that's just a good medley, really, man. Really, really fun to do. So That's a good medley. Uh, that's cool. Because <clears throat> this, you know, the podcast is mainly about 90s country and stuff like that. So you play, I'm in a hurry came out in the 90s. It's Your Love came out in the 90s. So... <laughs> <laughs> that's cool that you uh you play those now when chris would ride around with me back in the day i <laughs> i mean i know he got tired of it but i would play country 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 and no, then I never some country. <laughs> actually learned some more country. like i i'm one of those people who likes like multiple genres of music and i listen to multiple genres of music yeah and except rap and i'm not one of those people who hate rap and think it's the worst thing ever it's just not my cup of tea mm-hmm. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the people who do it. It's just not my cup of tea. But anyways, I think it's the worst thing ever. But, go ahead. <laughs> and, uh, um, but so it's cool when you find somebody like Britt who knows all of the country music and you get to learn and hear <laughs> and, and and stuff. And here's here's a funny funny story about that. Um, I I dated a girl named Amy back in the day. And uh, <laughs> but anyways, um, Carrie, I love you. This has nothing to do with now, but yeah. yeah. Um, it was just a funny story. Britt, I, I, we'd broken up, and you know, in, anytime you go through a breakup, you're sad or whatever. And Britt decided to find every country song he could find with the name Amy in it and play it. And uh, and you know, that's just Britt. You got to know him. He's kind of a jokester. Yeah. But, uh, Tell what's one of those songs. Um, Amy's back in Austin. All right. Is one so the reason I brought that, I knew you'd say that. The guy that wrote that song uh, was on the show a few weeks ago, and so. That was kind of surreal for me. Yeah, Brady Seals from Little Texas. So that uh, yes, I would play Amy's back in Austin a lot. Uh, and Amy, what you gonna do? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. That that was that was fun times back in the old college days. 
Man, I took Chris to, uh, no, he took me. We went to Huntsville. Oh, yeah. Or is it wow. Birmingham? Huntsville. Huntsville, yeah. <clears throat> to a huge music festival. I don't even know what that music festival's called. But it's... Uh, Big Spring Jam. I'm yeah. not even sure if they still do it, because that was... It was huge. It was years there's, ago. But... There's a stage here, stage there, stage just over here. I mean, there's so many big stages. They had a country music stage, they had a Christian music stage, a rock stage... So whatever your taste was, you, you go to that stage. And each stage had somebody famous. So let's see. We went to the Christian music stage. Did we see? I know we saw Chris Rice. Yeah. and Was it someone else? I think we saw like the tail end of Skillet maybe. Oh, and, okay. And uh, some other, you know, back when the... And they're still going they're still strong. Going, man. Not, still uh, going. And then we went and seen Mark Wills open up for my favorite female Wine on a Judd. That was a great concert. It was, man. I still remember it. She, it was, it was great. Uh, and I used to be obsessed with tour buses. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Like, like you don't understand. We would go to a concert, yeah. And he wasn't trying to like get in the venue. He was trying to walk around the building, look and see where the tour bus was. Yeah. And it wasn't even, wasn't even he was, wasn't seem like he was trying to find the people, like the the famous people. He just wanted to see the tour, the tour buses. Bus, yeah. It was weird. So he was buses the nicest and, and all that stuff. No, yeah, that's what we did. We saw Winona. I think we went down to the front and I got to see her tour bus. Yeah. It seems like that happened. But uh yeah, so uh that was that was a wild wild ride. You know, Winona said something that stuck with both of us, I think. Oh yeah. Um, I I know what saying, say. um she said I, she might say this every concert, I don't know, but um she said music is a healer. Mhm. And um it is, y'all. I mean, it sure is. It's it's for me for sure. Um, like I, I guess I didn't finish the story earlier, mm-hmm. but but I told you guys when I had had some stuff happen. You know, I went to a really dark place, and and as I kind of transitioned into this uh, writing outside of what I'd known, and and kind of started playing out, just like I started to come out of that, and and really, you know, music has has really helped me come out of that, and and. Uh, find who I'm supposed to be and yeah. who I'm meant to be so that music is a universal language mm-hmm. no doubt I, uh, <clears throat> I mean you can listen to a song that takes you back to 20 years ago and you remember where you were it, the feelings the memories mm-hmm. every time I hear Sean Mullins I'm yeah. always thinking about you, me you and Matt yeah driving around Barker yeah. driving around and listening to Sean Mullins we were man we were huge fans of him and who else did we listen to? We just see. I know Sean Mullins is one of our big ones. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anybody <laughs> <that> we listened to. <laughs> yeah, well, that was it. No, yeah. <laughs> well, of course, all of the '90s country stuff. I mean, oh yeah, that was that was a gimme. Man, and one of my favorite Christian albums was the Ten Shekel Shirt. Yes, the first album they had. Yeah, we played that thing to death. Yes. And I still I go back to I when I hear that CD I picture me and Britt driving down Alabama Highway mm-hmm. from Ringgold to Wood Station oh, yeah. listening to it. That's, yeah. that's what I remember when I hear that Meet song. with me. My upcoming EP, which it should be out sometime in 2019, is called Out of Hibernation. And uh, Oh, tell us about the title. If um, Part of it's a play on words because I'm grizzly, so, you know, hibernation and bears, that whole thing. But also, <laughs> if you look hibernation up in the dictionary, um, it says something to the effect of, like, um, a state of depression or something like that. So for me, out of hibernation is what I described a few minutes ago of how music's just helped me come out of that depression. So this this uh, EP is going to mark my uh, my uh, back to who I'm supposed to be. I guess is the way to say it. Uh, <clears throat> oh, can we I'm, just say that Britt has a habit <laughs> of laughing at the most inappropriate? Oh, I know. I'm sorry. The, that, I can't quit. Like. The littlest thing causes me to laugh, and so me and Chris sitting here trying to be serious on a podcast that's going <laughs> nationwide is uh, it's just funny. So, like, I'll look at, I don't know, a lampshade, and I start laughing. So it's, <laughs> Y'all, it's bad. We used to not, like... Some story, you can't tell some story. Okay. <laughs> Let's just say that we've had our share of times where we laughed inappropriately. We can tell the Make a Swan. Okay. We can tell that one. Okay. We were, um... <laughs> We were in church, and this lady was singing a special. You know, she had a pretty voice. I don't even remember her name or anything. I but, do. Um, she, had, <laughs> she had a pretty voice. You know, she was singing the the song just fine. It was called Make Us One. 
O N E. O N E. And she was making it, and she was, I don't even remember the tune or anything, but um, one of the youth behind us uh-huh. John le- Elliott. leaned forward and said, Is she saying make a swan? Make a swan. And <laughs> that, we just lost it. We in church. In we, church. We were laughing so hard, our bellies were shaking. <laughs> and so, uh. so, yeah. So, from that day on, we had to like look at who was singing the special music and decide if we could sit next to each other. Yeah, just because we didn't know what was going to happen. That's how bad it got, guys. I mean, it, it really was. And there's many more of those situations. Uh, some we cannot share uh, of when we laughed, but yeah, it's uh, a <laughs> that's some of my best memories. Though laughing at inappropriate times. <laughs> um, Let's see. Let's go ahead and we'll start wrapping this up. I'll, um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Okay, let me ask you this. I've been asking some of our uh, national acts this. So it's something called the Mount Rushmore. Instead of doing, I usually do it with country music, but if there was a Mount Rushmore of musicians or singers, artists, entertainers, who would you put on the Mount Rushmore? So think about it. I know it's hard. Let's do uh, males, and then we'll do females. So we'll do four males for Mount Rushmore of music and four females for the Mount Rushmore music. Okay, let's see. Man. I know, it's tough. <laughs> um, I guess one one would be, um, and these are not in order. This is just, yeah, just the yeah. way I'm thinking of. Uh, one would be uh, Mike Rosenberg, who is Passenger. If you've ever heard of Passenger, just... His songwriting is really what kind of umps me forward to songwriting, mm-hmm. better songwriting, and all that. So, uh, Mike Ros- Rosenberg, aka Passenger, um, I think I'm. I got to put Garth Brooks on there. Oh I mean, yeah, he's just. He's Garth. You know, he's Garth. Like uh-huh. I mean, he's he's still coming out with albums. One and of stuff, the. So. I think he's like the top three biggest selling musicians of all time. Yeah, I mean, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see, gosh. Um, Let's see. <laughs> That's tough, man. You, you keep thinking. Let's see. I, I've never done this, so let's see. I've I never even revealed my country one. So I, let me do kind of other genres of country. So I'll say no. I'll do country too. So I would definitely put Garth. I would put Michael Jackson, uh, Elvis Presley, and I would put probably da 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 maybe. Mm, that's so tough. It gets tough. I'm like, <laughs> it does. You can get a few of them, but... I mean, I could do like Steven Tyler from Aerosmith, or I could I do like uh, John Bon Jovi, or just something. I'm just thinking of people that are like huge. Yeah. Uh, then females, I would do... Uh, I'm just going to go by like popularity over the years. So we'd probably put Reba McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Dolly Parton. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, because of the album she sold and as big as she is, Madonna maybe would be up there because mm-hmm. she's just, you know, global. And then uh, another female would be. Oh, it's so tough. I don't know. Dinah Ross. I don't know. So, yeah. you got any more? Just don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal one from you, Michael Jackson. Like, oh yeah, just, yeah, like so good. And um, yeah, I might just have a three mountain because it's hard. Yeah, to, it's the, hard. The, the fourth face is like everybody else because man, music. There's just so much good music, you know. Yeah, it is and and women. I can't. I mean, Dolly for sure. Dolly. I mean. Whitney Houston. I forgot about her. Yeah, maybe Whitney. Um, I, I'm gonna, Celine. Celine Dion. That's another global and, icon. And I'm also going to put Adele on that list. Oh, yeah. Because she's yeah. just phenomenal. So, yeah, for um, this generation. Yeah. Is she ever going to come out with something new, I wonder? It's I don't know. While. She's very... I noticed that she waits a few years before she yeah. puts out stuff. But but when but she does, when she it's does, like, man, killer, it's like, so. Dang. So good. <clears throat> so when you come out with your new EP uh, in 2019, we're, we're going to have you back on the show to play some songs and to talk about it and how we can get it and all that good stuff. So, but in January, February, he's going to be releasing, uh, two singles, Molasses and Honey and what's the other one? Here Comes the Rain. Here Comes the Rain, um, which is a really good song. I've heard both, uh, recorded versions. And did I hear three recorded versions or just two? You played two over the summer. So, uh, yeah. 
We'll do all that, and um, if you are interested in this, if you're in the Tennessee, North Georgia area, um, within driving distance from Chattanooga, if you're interested in booking Grizzly Fowler for your event, he'll do private parties, events, uh, clubs, bars, and all that good stuff. Um, how do they get a hold of you? Um, you can do several things. You can reach me on, you can, if you have Facebook, you can look me up on there. It's www.facebook.com slash Grizzly Fowler Music. Um, you can also email me at Grizz, G-R-I-Z-Z, Fowler, F-O-W-L-E-R, at gmail.com. Um, Why didn't you do Grizzly Fowler? It was taken. You? Oh, was it? It was taken, so yes. <laughs> um, apparently there's another Grizzly Fowler out there wow. somewhere. So Grizz Fowler at gmail.com. At gmail.com. And um, it's not up and running yet, but we're we're working on a website to, to have, so you can go check that out in a later awesome. date, too. So. Cool. Well, thank you for coming on the show, mm-hmm. and I am uh, excited for everyone to hear this episode, and we will have you again. So uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And we will talk to y'all later. Well, thank you once again for hanging out with me and my buddy, Grizzly Fowler. I hope you tune in to his Facebook page and check out his songs. He has has such a really unique way of of making lyrics come to life, and you'll really enjoy his stuff. If you live in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area, you can go check him out usually every weekend at a different venue. Thank you once again for subscribing to this podcast. It means a lot. Visit us on the web at throwbackcountrymusicpodcast.com. Visit me on Facebook at Britt Jones Music, Twitter and Instagram, the same thing. Thank you so much once again. Have a blessed week. Check out my boy Grizzly Fowler. God bless you.